Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Dale Carnegie wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, pretty popular book. Uh, The opening story is interesting on chapter 1. May 7, 1931, the most sensational manhunt New York City had ever known had come to its climax. After weeks of search, two-gun Crowley, um, the gunman who didn't smoke or drink, was at bay, trapped in his sweetheart's apartment. 150 policemen and detectives laid siege to his top floor hideaway. They chopped holes in the roof. They tried to smoke him out with tear gas. They mounted machine guns on surrounding buildings. And for more than an hour, one of New York's finest residential areas reverberated with the crack of pistol fire and of machine guns. Crowley crouched behind an overstuffed chair, fired incessantly at the police. 10,000 excited people watched the battle. Um... And then it goes on, but how did Two-Gun Crowley view himself? We know because while the police were firing into his apartment, he wrote a letter addressed to whom it may concern. Blood flowing from his wounds left a crimson trail on the paper. In this letter, Crowley said, Under my coat is a weary heart, but a kind one, one that would do nobody any harm. And then he goes on and he has other stories. He has a, a quote from Al Capone about how he was just a poor, innocent man, misunderstood, who was just trying to bring people the, the simple pleasures in life. Humanity as a species is completely lost in trying to figure out good from evil. Like we just, we haven't got a clue on what good from evil looks like. Um, and there, I mean, there's historical examples, there, there's modern examples all over the place, but there's just, like, we just have no, like, real moral compass on, on any of this. And if peace with God is somehow based on us doing good behavior, like, we are just absolutely doomed. Like, just, just not a hope. Uh, So this summer we've been looking through Galatians, and today we're in Galatians 4. And in in Galatians chapter 3 and 4, Paul lays out six different arguments. And um, what he's trying to do is he's, he's trying to clarify for the Galatians why they should not be drawn into this thinking that they can somehow earn favor or earn reconciliation or earn peace with God by being a sort of quote unquote good person. Right? The, the, the gospel is this. Salvation is a free gift because we can't afford it. Right? And so Christ had, had to pay that debt, but it's free to you and I. We are incapable of earning it. We're incapable of buying it. And so he paid the bill, and so it's free to you. It's offered, not forced, right? but it's presented to you. Hey, are, are you interested in this? Now, just... Um, we're trying to move quickly through the book, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of chapter 4 to you. I am going to read a few highlights to you from chapter 4, but today I want to focus in on the contrast that gets laid out in chapter 4 
on slavery versus freedom. So as I read this and, and read some of these snippets, listen to how Paul is outlining slavery versus freedom. Uh, starting in verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem... Now, redeem is an... Let me pause there. Redeem means to actually to, like, buy back from slavery. Okay? So, wrapped up in this word redeem, already we see this tension between freedom and slavery. To redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And, oh, we could unpack that. Oh, that's good. Um, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Verse 8, formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. How can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? He, he was, they, they, they were going back to living under the law. And he's like, why are you wanting to, to enter back into slavery? Verse 22, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, which is, that's a bad thing. Verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman, one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants, one from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is in slavery with her children, but the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. Verse 31, so brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. And then it really culminates, I think, into chapter 5, verse 1. Fantastic verse. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So for these past few Sundays, we've been talking a lot about um, religions that will take the grace that is offered by Christ, and then some will add requirements on top of that, and really, in doing so, distorting the gospel, because they're saying, oh, sure, it's free, but... You also need to do all these other things to, to be saved. Um, but then there are also other religions that don't even acknowledge Christ. They just say, hey, if you want um, you know, their version of heaven or reconciliation with God or that kind of thing, it's all performance-based, all works-based, and accumulating enough good deeds to outweigh the bad deeds. And it all comes down to you and your behavior and what you do and, and that kind of thing. And even within North America, we it's, uh, dare I say, common for like cultural Christians uh, to think that, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to get into heaven because I'm a good person, right? Um, and what, and I've shared this with you before, but this is such a, a fantastic question. If, if, when you're in conversation with someone and you're wanting to know, like, what is the core of what you believe, you ask them this, okay, hypothetically, you die today and you stand before God, and God says, why should I let you into my heaven? How they answer that question will tell you everything you need to know about their understanding of the gospel and grace and salvation and how all of this works. Uh, Fantastic question. It's interesting, uh, you know, people who think that, that favor with God can be achieved by works really tend to end up in one or two positions. 
The first is that they end up very proud, very arrogant, and really condescending. Because they think they have made it. Um, they, they've achieved salvation all on their own. Everyone else who can't keep pace, well, they're just not worthy. You know, they're, they're less than, right? So, so people who base their salvation on their works end up being very proud and very arrogant, or they end up very depressed. Because they, they realize that they're never good enough, they never measure up, and so they have their standard in the mind, and they never get there, and they're aware of their shortcomings, and they just always feel hopeless. But the other thing that happens for that segment, thanks to life and social media, is that they also end up very jealous and very bitter and very resentful, because everyone else is putting on this facade of like, I've made it, or they go on social media, and life looks perfect, and all of these kinds of things, and then they believe that, and they want that, but they can't have it, and so then they just end up very jealous of these other people who they think have obtained it. And either way, like, it's just, it's a mess just fraught with, with pain. A worldview where your salvation or your peace with God is achieved by good works is either going to leave you very arrogant or very depressed. William Barclay had a great quote regarding Galatians 4. Strange as all this may seem to us, there remains in it one great fact. The man who makes the law, the principle of his life, is in the position of a slave. All his life, he is seeking to satisfy his master, the law. Whereas, the man who makes grace the principle of his life has made love his dominant principle. He is the free man. It will be the power of that love and not the constraint of the law that keeps us right, and love is always more powerful than the law. Chapter 4 has a lot to say about freedom and, and slave. I mean, it has a lot to say. Today we're just focusing in on slave and, and free. But then it really culminates in this great verse, right? This is Galatians 5.1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Um, for years we had a gentleman who would come on trek. And he would teach us on, like, spiritual warfare and prayer counseling and spiritual authority. He was very, very practical um, you know, so in ministry, you're going to have people that come up to you, and they're going to say, who knows? Or they, they might say, I'm depressed. Or they might say, um, you know, they, they might actually be struggling with some kind of uh, demonic influence in their life. Maybe they're living under lies. Maybe they're, they're living under shame. And this guy gave us very practical tools on how to pray with that person and work through that and, and that kind of thing, right? And so just all, all kinds of different stuff. And, um, and, yeah, and, and work through this, and the, the stories of freedom, and he loved this verse, and he shared it over and over, and um, this was actually several years ago, um, Loretta and I, I don't know if she remembers this, we were praying with a gal in my office, and I don't even remember why we were praying, but we were praying, and, and I used a lot of the stuff that, that Keith had, had taught us, and the only thing I remember from that time, she had this really powerful just encounter of the Lord during prayer time, and at the end, she opens her eyes and she goes, oh, I forgot I was here in the office. She was so wrapped up in, in, in that encounter that she was having <laughs> with the Lord that she honestly forgot where she was. 
And, and the gentleman who taught us that, right, he would remind us again and again from Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. The goal when we are praying with people and, are, and when they have these situations, the goal is always freedom. Like that is what we're trying to accomplish. The goal is freedom. And this week I've been trying to figure out like how, how to convey that to you, right? I mean, just the, the miracles and, and the wonder and, and the beauty of, of freedom that God provides and then I, this last week I was working in the church basement on a project, listened to a podcast, and here's what I discovered. USMB Lead Pods, episode 81. The, the USMB uh, Conference does a, um, a, a podcast. It's called Lead Pods, episode 81. And that's your homework. You go home and you listen to episode 81. Um, it's titled, it's with Brad Burkholder, Conquering Porn and Depression, Embracing the Holy Spirit. If you want to understand, for freedom, Christ has set us free. You listen to episode 81, and that will crack the door on the wonder and the beauty that is available when God says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. We're doing communion today. Uh, scripture tells us that we're to do this in remembrance. Um, and actually, care team can come up and worship team. Um, so scripture tells us to do this in remembrance. But today, I, I, I want to tweak that just a little bit. I want us to do it in remembrance of the freedom. I, I kind of want to add that, that caveat there, that, that we're doing this in remembrance of the freedom. Um, in communion, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pass out the bread, hang on to it, we'll all take it together. We'll pass out the juice, hang on to it, we'll all take it together. But there, there's kind of a few moments where you have and where you're waiting, and, and so you're just kind of praying and maybe kind of getting into the right headspace. As we're doing that, remember the freedom. Um, you thank God for the freedom. You ask God for more of the freedom. Like, I, I, I'm not sure what the spiritual journey feels like today, um, whether there's, there's depression or shame or guilt or sin or whatever it is, you, there's probably something. You say, Lord, I need more of the freedom, whatever that looks like, for your Holy Spirit to come and, and to lead us in, into more, more freedom. Uh, we practice what's called an open table. So what that means is that if you are another brother and sister in Christ, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you have acknowledged that, then we invite you to participate in communion with us. Uh, if for some reason you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. You can just, you can just pass. No shame on that. Um, and just as a heads up, when it comes to the children, parents, you decide. Uh, you know their, their journey and their just what's going on. So parents, um, you decide on that. So... Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and the opportunity to take communion and the opportunity to remember. But Lord, this morning we want to remember the freedom. The freedom that was offered through Jesus Christ on the cross, but Lord, even beyond that, the day-to-day -day freedom. Like, God, that, that moment of salvation is so spectacular and wonderful, and yet, Lord, we live in a fallen and broken world and we continue to, to struggle with, with sinful desires and so even if we've been a Christian for decades, Lord, there's some part of our life that still needs the freedom that you give. 
And so, Lord, we remember with gratitude and love. But, Lord, we also ask for more. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.